Welcome to week two of our discussion of Rabbi Yonah's four kitot. Rabbi Yonah's four groups that do not merit greeting the Divine Presence. Last time we discussed what that means, different versions of what that means, but Rabbi Yonah is now going to list them for us in great detail. He introduces that idea. We'll get to one particular group this time and start our investigation of that particular group. But he introduces by the idea in paragraph 173 of the third shahar. He says, we're going to look into all of their characteristics. And he says, that I want you to understand fully the, the depth of their issues. So he's going to split them up into different parts and so that we can understand what they are and what's going on with them. And he says he thinks that probably people don't know the depth of the seriousness of them. That's why he's going to into it. People don't know the problems with them and the punishment that comes for them. And that's why he is elaborating upon them. And you might know some of it, but not all of it. And then he makes a presentational decision that I think bears considering. He says in each one of the parts, I'm going to tell you the most serious one first and go down from there. Now, remember, these are the four ketot that are not mekabalot p'nei ashkina. Rabbi Yonah doesn't quite say that only the top of these ketot aren't mekabalot p'nei ashkina, that maybe the lower levels could be among those who, as we saw last time, with tshuva, without tshuva, could nonetheless merit the divine presence. But more than that, if he wants us to know how serious they are, why is he starting with the top and going down? Shouldn't he build up? He doesn't explain why. I think it's I think it's because the top one lays out the category in its harshest, fullest form. And as we see other parts of it, we can learn about more details of it. But the overall issue, I think he thinks come out of the top, and then we go down and learn from there. So in paragraph 174, he says, one of the first of the kitot, first of the groups that the Gemara and Sota had referred to are late seen. That seems a hard word to translate, especially as we go through his five versions of them. We'll see that they have different, um, they have different uh, appearances, they have different forms, they have different presentations. And as we go through them, I think we'll be able to develop a better definition of what they are. So he says, There are five ways. The first way, this is the top way. Somebody who verbally had obtained dofi bivne adam. So Dofi talks about evil or lacks or failings in other people. He talks about negative aspects of other people. Kenyan, and he's giving verses, he had said, I skipped it, but he said he's going to bring his proofs from the words of Kazal, from logic, and from verses. It's going to be a lot of verses. That's something I noticed also in Rebidion and also in Chovot Levavot that they seem to be addressing an audience that's very impressed with verse presentations as proofs of a point. Ki'inyan, so he says, an ish lashon, ki'inyan, as it says in Tehilim, te'shev be'achicha t'daber b'ven imecha t'tein dofi. You sit down and you talk about your brother, about your mother's son, and you, and you put dofi, you put negativity on them. And this person, now he wants to prove it's called the late, because that's the category that he's talking about. Verse in Mishle, 21-24 says, Zayd Yahir, an a haughty, evil person, the late Shimo, is called the late. But he also says, as he's saying now in the commentary on Mishnah, he says that when you, when somebody speaks negatively of somebody else, they demonstrate 
two evil characteristics, two bad character traits. One is Adon, is premeditation to evil. Another one is Gava, is arrogance. They gather together because when he speaks evil about this person, negativity about this person, first off, he's not gaining anything from it. When, when there's a time to gain things, we'll talk about in, in the categories of liars. Radio will differentiate between lying for gain and lying not for gain. But he, so theoretically, you could say, well, let's say it's a business partner or a business competitor is a better way of saying it. A competitor is what I should have said. And I speak negatively about that person, so I'm going to at least gain from it. But here, in general, we speak bad about people. We don't really directly gain from it. We're not doing it for the gain. And that's the idea of Zedon. I'm just doing it because there's a, a negativity in me, a bad part of me that I want to tear down the other person. That's one aspect of it. I'm causing, and I'm causing that other person terrible uh, problems. Let's say, you know, somebody else is doing something wrong or is a bad person in some way and I bring it up. I'm damaging them. Because I'm causing a loss to them in reputation in a way that I didn't need to, right? I, I, I reveal somebody else's affair. They're not a business competitor. I'm not going to gain from it. I'm not going to look better because of it. I'm just being a bad person. And that's Zadon. And Rambeniona says, and that's worse than stealing or keeping money that doesn't belong to you because those you're doing it for the money. So not that it's good to do things for money or good things to do for gain, but when we're doing it for gain, there's at least a personal investment in it that explains what's going on. That's one element of the person. And the other element of the person is also there's an arrogance to it because people who are humble, when they know how many feelings they have, they're not going to mock and look down on other people. Now, we today will say things like, well, if you're insecure, you feel the need to point out other people's failings. And that could be true. Mignona's point, though, is that, I mean, and that would therefore mean that the person is the exact opposite, that out of, we today would think often that out of fear that other people will notice our failings, we rush to say that they have failings too. Could be. Mignona thinks a primary motivation, Mignona, I think, thinks that if we really felt that way about it, we would want to. Now, I think today people don't think that far that well. If we really knew that we have feelings, we're afraid of them being revealed, the proper hope would be to foster a society in which failings are understood and accepted and therefore not to tear down other people. But those who tear down other people, he is saying they're doing it out of an arrogance of their own because they think they won't get caught. I think there's that element to it, even if it's insecurity. I think that the person who tears down somebody else is assuming that they are clever enough or tricky enough or wily enough that it won't bounce back on them. But if you really knew it was going to bounce back on you, I think you wouldn't do it. I think that's the point that he's making. So our first kind, and as we're working our way through this, we want to figure out what is the proper translation of a late. Our first kind of a person speaks badly about others with no gain. So it's just out of a, a, a negativity, an evil of one's heart. And out of an arrogance of thinking that they don't have any flaws, or at least their flaws won't get caught. And therefore, it's fine to point up other people's flaws because their own flaws are safely hidden away. What does that mean about a late? I'm not sure. If we stopped here, I think it would mean that a late is somebody who, who doesn't care about good and who is too, self, uh, too self-assured to want to make the world better. They just want to tear things down, I think. But let's see the other categories and we'll see. Kufayin Hay, the paragraph 175 in Shari Chuva's third part. When he says the second kind of a late, 
mocks other people. And it doesn't have to be allowed. It can even be internally that we notice people who aren't as smart or as wise, or they don't have any honor in the world. They don't have power, right? Or they're poor. And we look down on them for it. Everybody else says that's all about arrogance, right? That's the arrogance of, it's either arrogance, I'm sorry, it's arrogance or it's the person that's too easy to like. Meaning you have people, and I remember when I noticed this, but you have people, let's say, they go to college and they get a job and they succeed very well and everything's going well for them and they look down on other people who haven't had that success. One is it might be arrogance, conceit, haughtiness, pride. But in addition to that, or maybe alternatively, is that they never face the challenges. Everything just happened to go smoothly for them. So even if they're not very, very rich, but let's say they got a job, it's a secure job, they never had to struggle with job loss or with setbacks. Uh, so they think, oh, everything's great. And the people for whom it's not great, they look down on them. Kinyan, there's a prosecutor in Tehillim that says this, Rabats of Allah nafsheinu, we are, our hearts are full and satisfied, and therefore we look down on other people. Upa'amim, and sometimes Rabbi says, this late will even do this to people who are holy people. God forbid, a great rabbi, a great Torah scholar, a great Torah mitzvah, a person who's doing wonderful good deeds, or Nevi'im, or prophets. And Shlomo Melech in Mishlei 14, 21, says, Buzz l'reyehu Somebody looks down on somebody else, that's a sin. And it says that several times in Mishlei. One of them is well-known for another context of it. That's loeg l'arash cheref usehu. We mentioned that in terms of not doing mitzvot in a cemetery because we treat the people who have passed away. They are impoverished by their inability to perform mitzvot. Here, Rabbi Yonah is taking it more literally, loeg l'arash, somebody who mocks a poor person, that is cheref usehu, it's a... It's a blasphemy, as it were, of Hashem, because, says Rabbi Yonah, because it means that you assume, that the person who's doing this assumes that success is in human beings' hands. And that's not true. And that's what the Torah itself warns us about. The Torah warns us against saying, yadi, that it's my own power, the strength of my own hand, that that gave me this great... Uh, power or wealth or whatever success I've had. And that's what will fuel our looking down on other people. Because we'll say, well, I did it and I tried hard and I succeeded. It must be that success is connected to effort. And if they only tried, that's the person says, the other person isn't wealthy or whatever, because they're either too stupid or they didn't try hard enough, right? And that is a reviling, a, uh, a blaspheming, a sacrileging of God, God forbid, because we're supposed to know. Now, the Rabbi writes it, and this was the way we showed and wrote about it. I just think, it, I don't know that we have to take it as fully as they did, and I'm not sure they meant it as fully as they did, but he writes, everything's from God. It's a complicated question, because while it's true that God can do anything, so you can have a person who doesn't bother going to school and doesn't bother trying and ends up a multi-billionaire. Theoretically, you can have that, sure. And you can have a person who tries everything and nothing works and gets zero. You can't have that. But I don't know they have to say that it's all Me'et Hashem. I think it could be that we're supposed to know that significant portions of Me'et Hashem. In any case, the verse of Mishnah that he quotes for this idea, 22.2, is Ashir Varash Nifugashu, that a poor person, a wealthy person, a poor person, when they meet, Osei Kulam Hashem. Hashem makes all of them. That's clearly, obviously, important to keep in mind. And I, I remember I used to think, and I used to attribute it to capitalism. And I said that I thought it was a flaw in capitalism, that capitalism trains us to think in this way. We think that, you know, 
we worked hard and the system helps us work hard and therefore our successes are ours and others' failings are because of their problems. Rabbeinu says, it's not a capitalism kind of thing. It's been true in whatever economic system you have, there are winners and there are losers. And we too often think to ourselves that the losers are a function of not doing it right. That happens to be, even in so-called communist systems, there are winners and there are losers. And there too, you can easily imagine somebody who has risen to the tops of the communist party will say, oh, well, it's because I worked harder. I'm a better conspirator. I'm a better backstabber. And if only those other people were better backstabbers, they would do better than I had done. And Benyona is reminding us that whatever system we're in, there will be people who don't try. And among them who don't try, so we'll have a harder life and we'll have a less hard life. It's like uh, in medicine too. I think there's a tendency, let's say, if you, you know, it's not great to smoke. I'm not in favor of smoking, but it's not, I think, I forget the odds now, but the statistics aren't quite that every single person who smokes gets lung cancer. So we look at somebody who smokes to get lung, and then God forbid, sadly for them, gets lung cancer. We certainly, we know that there's something they did that increased the chances, but there's an element of it that comes from Hashem. So too with poverty. There are people who go to law school and end up poor. There are people who become uh, sanitation workers and end up very, very wealthy because they build a business on it. Some of that has to do with effort. And some of it has to do with Hashem. And I, I, I have thought about this a long time, that we worry about that. So Reniona, to stick to the Leitzim issue, Reniona is saying that mindset is being a late. It's not, remember, he's not talking about saying it now necessarily, it's just thinking that way. And here, it's not the Zaid part, it's not the, the deliberate evil part of it, but there is the arrogance part of it, and there's a loss of awareness of God as part of it, right? It's, it, it stems from thinking that people do well or poorly based on, only on, who they are and what their effort is and things like that. And that's not true. Uh, I was very influenced for a while by Ralph Waldo Emerson's idea. If you build a better mousetrap, the world will be the path to its door. I think it's about Ralph Waldo Emerson. And I'm just, A, not sure about it anymore because there are all these cases that people bring up and then other people argue about them, about whether there were better inventions that were lost over time. Certainly in our times today, it seems like the electrical vehicle would have been a very good idea. And yet it didn't catch on the first times that it was, that it was uh, suggested. So there's that question, but whether whether it's true among people, but certainly whether it's true about what Hashem wants out of people. And that's an important piece of it. And the, the idea that we're supposed to approach success with humility and success without now. If somebody is, God forbid, uh, drug, has, just uses drugs all the time, and that means they can't show up to job interviews, and that means they don't get ahead professionally, there's an element there of their own activity. And we can say to ourselves, and I think that that's a problem they should be doing differently and people's actions are their responsibility. But just the fact of poverty or the fact of not great success should not lead us to look down on people that are video and saying, and that also is part of being a late. So the first kind of a late is somebody who speaks ill of others for no gain. The second kind of a late is somebody who looks down on others. The third kind, Kuf Ayin Vav is, Somebody just looks down on efforts, on things that are, are on programs. You know, FDR comes out with the New Deal, oh, that's not going to work. Somebody else comes out with a, this plan to help the world, that's not going to work. And it's not about now mocking or, or criticizing the people involved. It's just, ha, it's all going to work. The person says that things that are good are really bad. 
and says the things that could produce great changes in the world never will do. They're just always looking down on things. And that's a Mishnah in Pirkei Avot. And don't distance anything. Don't say, oh, that's it. That, that, that'll never work. Because some things can work at some time. Now, why is that in this group? What's the late suit here? Rabbi Yonah says, what brings to this characteristic, that the person assumes they know better. And because they know better, they know that that's not going to work and that's not going to work. This is very challenging because when you get a little experience in life, you do think things that are not going to work. And there are people who come along. I've certainly been in, in, in situations where people come along and they suggest what they assume is a new idea. But it's really been tried before in different ways. And there might not be no meaningful difference. You say, that's not going to work because you think you know that. That's a little different. I think Rabbi Yona is suggesting we're also supposed to think that there's got to be something we can do to make things better. So if you're only saying, meaning, and I've been in this situation with people also, watched it happen, right? One person suggests an idea, another person says, that's not a great idea, I think that's not a great idea, but has a different idea. That's not a late. That's people competing over, not competing like trying each of them to win, but disagreeing about and haggling over which idea is more likely to be effective, but there's an overall hope to produce good. That's not what he's talking about. What Vidione is talking about, the people who are looking down on things and just saying, saying, oh, that's not going to work. That's going to work. And uh, and nothing's going to change. And it's all got to be the way it is. And, that's, uh, and that leads to an unwillingness to engage with building the future. And that's what I think he's building up on. So we have, we looked at, we have mocking people, looking down on people, right? That was the first two. First one was, was, was saying negative things about people. Second was looking down on them for their failings and for their failures and assuming that it's all their fault. The third one is looking down on attempts to make things better. And that's sort of the other way. Here, the, we looked down on failure and now we're going to look down on success or deny the possibility of success. And here at this third one, but Iona says, these are the people that aren't willing to accept remonstration. They won't be open to being told, you know what, if you change your life a little bit, it'll get better. That's where the verse in Mishnah in chapter 9 says, don't remonstrate with a late, that's our key word, because they'll hate you. Right? And, and then he has other people that I'm skipping, but, the, the, but, but his point is, that if a person has decided that nothing can change for the better, and we say to this person, I think you're doing wrong here, and I think you can become a better person in this way, they'll say, oh, leave it alone, nothing's ever going to change. So somebody who's arrogant, or somebody who's lazy, or somebody who's who's just sitting at home and, and thinks there's no way to get a job, and no way to succeed more in life, and no way to get to better health, right? Just negative, just on it, nothing will work. They're not going to accept any remonstration because they can't imagine things will get better. Now, the Rebidiona says what leads to that is the person, he said it before, but it comes up again, it's worth saying again, the person being a chacham be'inav. The person is wise in his own eyes and he, he or she is so sure that they know that things can't work and can't be better that they look down on everything, right? I tried that, I tried the right things and, and that's not going to work. You can't just say that. You have to be looking for the possibility. Maybe it could work. Maybe it's something new you never thought of. That's a possibility as well. And so too with tochacha. If somebody says to us, you know, you're messing up in this way, this is what you should do to change. It's very tempting to say, 
you're wrong. Or to say, it's not going to change. I've tried it before. And Sir Vinion is saying the late, the, to be a non-late, to avoid late tenut, we have to keep open the possibility we don't know everything. And we haven't seen all the possibilities here. Maybe there's a new way to do something. And maybe that will occur. And he says, and this quality of being a late is the one that has no hope. Right? They have no hope for change because they're too, and that's a verse in Mishle as well, when people are too sure that they're correct about everything, then even a seal who is a very unformed person, has a greater upside because they might actually learn, whereas this person is too set in their ways, too certain of themselves. That's a third kind of late. We have a late who denigrates other people at no gain. We have a late who looks down on on, on on attempts on projects in the world. No, I'm sorry. Looks down on other people for their lacks of success. Now we have looks down on the possibility of change in the world and is sure that nothing can change. The fourth kind is Now this is there's no negativity here. I mean, there's something wrong, but there's no negativity. The first one was we the guy knocked down the, the late knocked down other people. The second was he didn't knock them down out loud, but he thought ill of them for their failings. The third was he, the, the late knocked down project and was so sure that everybody else is wrong, wasn't willing to change anything or to accept remonstration. The fourth one, when I figure out how it fits in with being late, just spends their time doing silly stuff. Talking, chatting about no important, nothing important, being involved in things that have no important. Like, and this is from the mission, like the idea of people who sit on the street corners. They sit around. And Radiona says there's two problems with such people. Right there is first off that the more we talk, the more likely we are to sin. That's problem one. That's a mission in Pirkei Avot. And the second is that person's not involved in learning Torah. They're supposed to be involved in learning Torah. And he says, and this can lead in the ways of Darachim Avot, in really problematic ways, in deathly kind of ways. Because how could it be this person doesn't remind themselves that the time they're wasting on just doing silly stuff they could be earning a share in the world to come. They could be etern- earning eternal life. If only they use that time for Torah. So he says, it's got to be that that person denigrates mitzvot, doesn't value a share in the world to come. Now, I can easily imagine people listening to this and hearing this would say, no, it's not they don't value the world to come. It's just, they're just excited. They're just enjoying and they're just they're having a good time. I think Rabinion is saying that the at least the excessive, right? There's always room for saying people need time off and need a little time to relax. But people who just spend their time doing nothing of value, they 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 may not realize they don't really value the world to come, but if they really did value the world to come, what are that? They would just ignore it. If I told you there's a way to whatever your life's desire was, there's a way to get there. You have to do this and this and this. And you never bother getting around to it. I think people today would say, people today sometimes will excuse that and say, well, they meant to, they're just weak, they just didn't. But I think Reniona is saying, the things that really matter to us, really matter to us. I remember many, many years ago, I spent a week when I was teaching, the Harvard has these programs for educators. One of them was really excellent. There was a man there, I've forgotten his name. Every couple of years I look it up, I didn't do it now, but uh, he spoke about third column commitments. He said, you know, write down in one column what you want to get done, right? Write down the things, you know, the things you value and the things you want to get done. And column two, write down uh, what stops you from getting those things done, I think it was. And then he said in column three, this is the part you might not have realized yet. He said, what were you committed to that led to the column two stuff? His point was that we always act out of values that we have. We just don't always recognize what the values are. So we say we have value A. You know, My value is I'm going to run a marathon. 
right? But I don't get up early because I have to go to work and I don't want to wake up an hour early. So I never get around to training for the marathon. What's the commitment that got in the way? Commitment to more sleep. It's always a commitment. So here's what Reniona is saying. It's not only that people just happen to find themselves sitting in bars all day or sitting around and schmoozing and never getting things done. And that's an exaggeration. You can take it a little in, in more modest degrees. It's that if they remember it, if they really value the world to come and doing mitzvahs, they would do that. So not only do you lose the reward, there's a sin involved, Rabbi Yonah says, because it's Bittal Torah. And Bittal Torah leads to punishment, right? Because it's a denigration of God's word, right? And that, you see it also because in the first chapter of Tehillim, the verse contrasts, that the good person doesn't sit around among Leitzim, just chatting, doing nothing. Rather, this person is invested in and wants to learn God's Torah. And you see that Moshav Leitzim, sitting around with Leitzim, leads to a lack of study of Torah. And Rabbi Yonah says, you don't pay attention to when you have free time. This is a big issue, I think, in, in, in the Jewish world. Uh, among many, not everybody, many, many people. Let's give some free hours. So let's assume we're, this is talking about a good person. There's a good person who learns regularly and gives stuck on regularly and this and this and this. They have a free hour. Not an hour they need for extra leisure. We've got leisure time budgeted into their lives already. A free hour, what do you do? Rabbi Yonah says, if that person doesn't try to find, let's say, Torah to learn or something good to do, then they're demonstrating that they don't really have that value and they can lose a lot. That's the fourth kind of a late. We're going down in, in significance. That's the fourth kind of a late. Notice this late doesn't actively look down on anything. The late, this late just fails to, um, to do positive things when they have the opportunity to. And then Kufai and Zion, the last type, it says is the fifth type, is somebody who mocks verbally things that are being done. Not that he or she really looks down on them. It's just part of having fun that you mock things, right? It'd be like a comedian who makes fun of stuff is what he's talking about. Now, it's a complicated question about comedy. And we'll talk about it in the coming weeks maybe, but uh, if they're really just mocking things, that's a problem. We'll say that maybe they're not mocking things in the same way. There's all sorts of ways to allow comedy to exist. But his point is, and he says that sometimes it's because we're, we're, we're a little drunk, we're a little buzzed, Right, as the verse in Mishlei says, that we that can lead us to things, but we end up mocking things. Now, you might say, well, we mock things in comedy. We don't really mean to mock them. But I think Rabbi Yonah is assuming that we mock them just for the fun of it. In the parties, <clears throat> we end up mocking it really in our lives as well. He says, um, and two things lead to this. He says, um, no, I'm sorry. Also means that a person just like talking too much and they enjoy talking for the sake of it. And the more we talk, the more likely we are to get themselves in trouble. So that's the fifth type. And we're just like making fun of things with no intent to really mock them and make fun of them and to tear them down. It's just fun to point out how the government's silly and the government does this stupid stuff and everybody enjoys it. His point, I think, is that we do that, though, we get used to doing it and feeds on itself. So his last paragraph is, People aren't become late seem until, they won't become full late seem until and unless they've also in parallel sort of thrown off the yoke of heaven. And I think that's perhaps the key to understanding what his overall definition of late seem is. 
His overall definition is people who have thrown off the yoke of heaven and therefore they feel free to look down on things. And he talks about more about that, but I think his overall idea, and I think this is what links together his view of late seeing, his overall idea is that the late doesn't see the world as made by God with a purpose and with value and with things to strive for and with real success and aid by God. It's not what they're looking at. The world they see is populated by good people and bad people. And the bad people they look down on and they just point out about other people, or even sometimes good people who happen to have a failing, they think, oh, but I'm better than that. And therefore they feel free to look down on that person. They feel free to look down on people without making it. So then they feel free to do it publicly, even though it'll cause damage to who might be an overall very good person. And you know, I, I think there are people who have been leaders in whatever field and something comes out about their past, which is certainly not a savory thing about their past, but they lose their job and they stop being able to, to contribute. Let's imagine, I think a name that comes to my mind is Al Franken, who he did various things. I'm not saying those things were good at all, but in the context of the other people in the profession at that time, it ended up being that he left his job in the Senate and the people who stayed in the Senate were no better than he was. And the, the damage was done to him. I think everybody is saying the belief in God and the awareness of the world, the way God put it together, should forestall us from doing each of these things. It would mean that we wouldn't mock things with a real mocking. Meaning, there's image in pointing out a foible as friends and having a good laugh about it. We know that we all have foibles and saying, this is one of his, and therefore like a pormspiel. There are pormspiels that are loving. There are pormspiels where you make fun of teachers in the yeshiva, let's say, but everybody knows that it's really good fun. It's out of deep respect and love. That's a whole different discussion. Here we're talking about mocking things, looking down on things, tearing things down, projects, people. And that's also why spending one's time just doing nothing is part of being a late Sverbeniona because it means I don't recognize and remember there's a world to be built. And I'm not remembering there's a world to be built, not contributing to the world. So that's, I think, Rabbi presentation of this category, the late seem, I think we forget that God made a world that we're supposed to be contributing to building. And that's what a late is. A late is a non-builder of the world and therefore feels free to tear down the world because they've lost their connection to the realization that God made the world. They lost their connection to how God puts the world together. And that is the kind of a late we need to be avoid being. So in the coming weeks, We'll see about how other people looked at late scene, where it comes up, and what other aspects of late scene we can figure out, all in the hopes that we'll know best how not to be among these people who are, without a specific violation of some specific halakha necessarily, nonetheless not contributing to and tearing down God's world. We'll see you next time for more about late scene. Be well.